Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there, it's Catherine Turner of Leverage Lifestyle and I wanted to introduce you to this episode. We're taking a little mini break uh, within the mini series that is all around leveraging your social media to bring you this very rare opportunity. This is an interview with my business partner, who's also my husband, Stephen Turner. He is very much the, I don't want to say the brains behind the business, I'm trying to stop myself from saying that, but he's how it all works, the systems, managing the team, Uh, essentially outsourcing, growing, scaling the business. And it's very rare that we get a chance to kind of bring him in front of the camera and the microphone, as it were, to share his insights behind how we have built our service accommodation business, how we've grown now into the Ideal Collective. And he has got so much knowledge from his wealth of experience in finance, project management, systems, outsourcing. He is a SEMA qualified management accountant and he was doing that uh, long before I met him uh, which is over 10 years ago now so just a wealth of knowledge that I really wanted to bring all of you listeners because uh, as I say he makes our businesses work and he's the operations director and I think really the kind of glue that holds everything together and finishes off all of my crazy ideas and creations and puts them into play so here is a very special episode with myself and Stephen Turner. And if you like it, maybe I can encourage him to do more because he was quite nervous uh, recording this episode. Um, but he did say at the very end he loved doing it. So I hope that shows in the interview. And if you'd like him to do anything more, if you've got any more questions for him, then maybe we can get him out onto the podcast again. But let me know in the Leverage Lifestyle community as always on Facebook. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode with myself and Stephen Turner. This is uh, another episode of Leveraged Lifestyle with your host here, Catherine Turner, and I have a very rare uh, but exciting guest on the episode today, and it is my husband, <laughs> Stephen Turner. Say hello, Stephen. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, but Stephen is not just my husband, he is also my business partner, and I would say just partner in life, essentially, as well, and obviously uh, dad to our two kids. And really, I call him my spreadsheet guru. I've probably called him that a few times on the podcast so far. And really, he's the systems, I don't want to say the brains behind it, because I've got (laughs) some brains as well. Um, But definitely the one who kind of makes things work, uh, gets things um, done, because I'm very good at starting and creating things. And Stephen is much better at making sure they're all finished (laughs) off and systemized. So I wanted to bring you Stephen, because like I said, he is the person who sits behind a lot of our businesses at Ideal Collective and I know lots of you had questions for him as well and some of those uh, were in the community so thank you for everyone who took part in that but I suppose I should hand over Stephen to give a bit of an intro on himself. Cool okay thank you. Um, Yeah so I started off my career as a finance apprentice um, getting into accountancy and uh, in corporate finance I grew up um, to the corporate finance director in London in um, across 13 years. So I had a wealth of 
uh, accountancy knowledge and experience behind me before um, Catherine got us into property. <laughs> so yes, I mean, that's where I started. Then we got into property and I um, kind of was joined, joining in on the fringes while I still was working in London. But then as the kind of property journey grew, I was getting more involved and until we finally got onto service accommodation after doing HMOs, single lets and a couple of flips. Mm-hmm. Um, and then service accommodation is kind of where we focused and grew, which was more my, I suppose, forte because it was more of a business than property. Um, so I could do the operations and systems behind it. Um, start building a team, so all of our virtual assistants and our um, property manager Ashley on the ground, and then through building a team and and the the um, the procedures and systems, we've managed to grow our SA business from one that you started with our single let <coughs> to now um, forty five live of another sixteen live in the coming month and. Um, yeah, we're just expanding across the whole of the UK at the moment with deals popping up everywhere, managing uh, essays for people, finding rent-to-rent essays for people. Yeah, and it's a really exciting time. Gr- grown again with Book My Stay, which is the um, the focus for corporate clients. So we're, we're building up a corporate client database to fill, fill our apartments and other um, SA operators' apartments. Um, so that's going really well. Um, and then, yeah, obviously as part of the Ideal Collective that, that um, started this year, uh, we, we've started the Ideal Furniture Solutions, which was the, the complete furniture pack, which which is doing really well. And we've serviced people in Harlow, Southampton, Birmingham, um, and that's picking up nicely. Um, and then obviously Ideal Education, where we've got the, the Viva Club now falls under that. We've got the um, SA Guide the the masterminds running and the social media and finance agencies which are all kicking off nicely but um as you can tell it's a busy time and why not kick all that off with two kids to run around, <laughs> run around after so yeah yeah it has been a bit of a maybe some people wouldn't have said the best timing in terms of our growth because see milo's still just five months and and ella's not yet two um but also i suppose we've always been those people who would take the opportunities when they come and yeah, the, it was just... Yeah, exactly. I mean, last year we we paused growth on the SA business mm-hmm. to really focus on making sure the procedures and the operations were were correct, um, drill down on costs and make sure that we've got a, a, a lean, effective business running before we started growing again. Yeah. And then, yeah, just a number of uh, block deals came to me just before Christmas. Um, and yeah, in conversation with Chris and Steve, um, who are the other directors of ideal collective it just felt like the right time and it was like yeah screw it let's just let's screw it let's do it let's um (laughs) a good old richard branson quote (laughs) yeah let's make 2019 happen so yeah i think i think you know you can never predict when opportunities or when potential growth's coming and you know obviously yes there was always planned growth in of building um and getting more service accommodation under management um for sure but equally we were ready for it as well because I, I think I've mentioned this before that you know if we had had all these deals and investors we were working with and all of that going on before we'd actually honed the systems and operations behind it like you know if it was in back in 2015 we 
transformed our first single let into an service accommodation if we suddenly like the next year had all these deals coming to us we wouldn't have been ready for it or we yeah completely easily would have failed and you know crash and burned so I think timing was right, even though necessarily family life timing was, um, you know, people might say it was its best timing. Business-wise, structure-wise, systems-wise, operations-wise, we were ready for it. Yeah, after running a number of years, so we've done seasonality, we've yeah. we've burnt through um, cleaner companies and, <laughs> and, and linen companies and and found solutions that work um, yeah. and checklists and, and like the contracts with the cleaners to make sure that our service is right. Um, the additional tips um, and tricks to make sure that the the service that we're providing guests is is good and and, and the um, like the, the 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 properties are good even though that we're not necessarily there all the time because we've got the yeah. the right team maintenance team and cleaning team in place. So would you say because this is Leverage Lifestyle Podcast after all that the SA business fits quite well into a kind of Leverage Lifestyle business? Uh, yeah, def- de- I was going to say def- definitely. If you're in one of our investors who have just, <laughs> um, I've got a complete hands-free rent-to-rent SA business where we found it and manage it, and they just get their nice little return packet at the end of each month. Um, but even for us, that's that's grown it um, with our property manager on the ground who was able yeah. to to focus on growth um, and the improvements to the properties. Um, the maintenance team that we work very well with that um, we actually have them go in monthly to do a risk and maintenance check to, so it's preventative um, so I mean that's leveraging their skills yeah. they've got the out of hours maintenance so they can talk through problems with guests and arrange emergency maintenance so I mean that's that's all about out of our hands um, I'm just going to bring up something you said there because I think it's not just pertinent to an SA or property business but like you said there with our um maintenance teams going in doing monthly checks doing preventative work so that any like bigger things don't become or they don't become a bigger problem and we can fix them when they're still small i think any business can kind of look at how they could do that in their business couldn't they like actually how can you prevent bigger issues happening you know yes ours are properties and they can break down a bit more than maybe some other businesses but there might be some technology that might break down if you're not kind of checking on it or staff that are breaking down if you're not checking in on them regularly i think there's a a bigger lesson there isn't yes there? yeah exactly yeah i mean that came about through time and experience mm. um because originally we were getting our cleaners to do the checklists mm. um, and that obviously adds time to every one of their cleans which can get can get expensive so rather than chasing 10 pound of inventory that might be missing through a, a few odd glasses it's better to overstock in the apartments and, and, and move the inventory check to the maintenance team to do monthly or quarterly mm. um and then it's saving time there i didn't even and, know you'd done that so yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just make, making the best use of um of not just our time but of, of other people's yeah time as well to, so using to make people, it effective yeah i was about to say as effective as possible i mean it's one of the things why we hired virtual assistants as well wasn't it because we realized we weren't using our time or say ashley's time efficiently and effectively because the lower kind of value tasks were being done by someone who's being paid more or us who we want to increase our IGV. Yeah, we talked exactly. about a lot in the podcast about how you increase your IGV and that's about having people with maybe also skills in different areas, of course, uh, through your virtual assistants, but equally 
give you a virtual assistant, especially ours with the Beaver Club, which are Filipino-based VAs, if they're two to three pounds per hour, because their economy is just different, by the way, that's a very good wage for them. It just makes sense, right? To yeah, completely. Try um, and leverage the, the best people for the role, but also... Completely. I mean... Best value. Yeah, I mean, if leverage isn't just about getting it off of your plate. Um, because mm. if I just left it on Ashley's plate to our property manager to, to deal with all of those emails, all the customer service, mm. then the company wouldn't have grown to where it is. He wouldn't be able to take on like, management of the maintenance and cleaning contracts um, and, and work on improvements and pricing. Mm. If he was from 7 till 11, which is our VA shifts cover 7 a.m. 7 to 11 p.m. every day, if he was doing that every day, then, then there'd be no time yeah. else um, for the growth of the business. So it's... It's working it all down to make sure you've got the full um, team structure in place and it's it's working well for everybody, not just yeah. off of my plate, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. So I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are either maybe starting their businesses, are maybe building their businesses, wanted to leverage more of their businesses. Um, <clears throat> is there anything through what you've learned, maybe specifically through our SA business, that you would suggest like is there kind of some top tips that you could share for, for leveraging an SA business well what you've learned through the SA business potentially but yeah I, I know we've definitely got some SA people we've got deal packages we've got other people involved but um, not just property like something that could also be applied so the example might be through our SA business but yeah the, um it's investing in people or services, mm. I suppose. Um, yeah, generally you're kind of, especially starting off in a business, you're a bit scared of committing to expenses um, and that might delay your decision to hire a VA or a member of mm. staff or or use a an outsourced telephone company. Um, but if you, if you work on that, that is an investment and the time saved for whoever, whether it's yourself, your property manager or whoever, will be redirected to focus on some IGVs or some top KPIs for your business, mm. then the investment is worthwhile. So it's it's working out the investment. It's just like um, like your education. Mm. You, you always pay up front for your education and then it then the payback is after. Mm -hmm. It's no 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 different with staff and outsourcing. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, I think one of the things I was really keen on from the start and obviously as well you were still in your job and I like signed up to some property education and spent quite a bit of money but it was my money we weren't yet married at the time but we had just moved in together and I was very conscious that like I didn't want to do it wrong because I felt like I could lose more money if I just tried it myself I felt like property business there's so many potential mistakes and downfalls that I wanted to learn from other people's mistakes like that's something um I very much learned from a mentor that we've worked with is like don't just learn from your mistakes go and learn from the mistakes of others so you don't have to make them um and i think we've kind of mentioned that sa isn't like any other property strategy it is more business systems operations teams partnerships isn't it yeah completely um and i think one of the key things we've wanted to do along with me doing this podcast is being able to share that knowledge on with people so that you can get there quicker more efficiently simply i wouldn't say necessarily easy because you've got to do the work of course but it's as easy as it can be um because you're not having to do everything from scratch um and so actually uh it's probably a good time to mention 
um, that we have uh, the essay guide. You kind of mentioned it already as part of the ideal uh, dash collective.com. Yes, yeah. We have uh, an essay guide. We uh, initially launched it to a, a VIP list of um, clients and customers that we've worked with before. Um, but as of, well, when this podcast goes live, um, it will be now live to the public. So um, if you want to go and check that out, see the fantastic bonuses we've got in there. I mean, Steve can tell you a little bit more about it. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to go and check that out. Yes, just head over to bit.ly forward slash ideal essay guide. And that's a capital I for ideal, capital SA and capital G for guide. So bit.ly forward slash ideal essay guide. I'll make sure all of that's in the show notes as well. Yeah, and um, if you head over there, you'll be able to um, access our full uh, essay guide and all of the the bonuses, um, um, which which are um, yeah really good. Um, it's been put together by the whole of the Ideal Collective team. So, I mean, that's a, a good four or five years knowledge in there of running essays um, yeah. and growing to like 50 plus properties now. So Yeah, and taking so. on kind of block deals, how to manage those, different to maybe kind of your individual setup. So um, also like dealing with investors. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm as part of one of the, the bonuses, you get the opportunity to um, head over to our free essay mastermind day where you can ask us all of those questions, um, including um, how to grow quickly um, and not, not safely, but well, less by risk, reducing your risk. Reducing yeah, risk, yeah. yeah. So, so um, Stephen's very about very much about reducing risk by the way like that's a, a I'll, key area I'll that... yeah i'll take them but <laughs> i like to reduce it as much as possible yeah that's it um which makes business sense to be fair exactly um, yes yeah, so, i mean head over there and um i hope to catch you at the the uh, essay that, mastermind day is that for the first 30 day first 30 only, first 30 only so many can fit in a row well yeah exactly and obviously you know we want to give you maximum time on that day so normally that day would uh, be at least 500 pounds when it yes, to come, yeah, come yeah. and attend, so five hundred pounds off VAT. But for the first thirty that go and get the essay guide, um, you're going to come to one of the mastermind days with and sh- share the time with the directors of Ideal Collective. So, yeah, um, looking forward to it. Yeah, um, so that's really exciting. So we haven't got the dates. Um, I won't go through the dates here. You'll you'll get them all um, information on there. Um, have we got a special deal at all for? Leverage Lifestyle? Yes, there's an extra discount for Leverage ah, Lifestyle. Thanks, Stephen. As I, as, I, as I know the podcast host. There we go. <laughs> so uh, make sure you're taking advantage of that as well um, and go through that specific link for it so you can get um, the special Leverage Lifestyle discount as well on the essay guide. Um, but yeah, uh, we've had lots of great feedback from it already from those obviously who got it as part of the VIP launch, but now it is available to the public. So go and grab your copy if you are at all interested in essay as a business opportunity, uh, as a property strategy, um, and how you can make that your income strategy, essentially. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. But let's carry on in terms of, I know you've, well, a lot of people know you for also the fact that your background is finance. You were SEMA qualified, or you are SEMA qualified, yes, uh, yeah. Chartered Institute of Management Accountants. Have I got that right? Well done, yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, it was quite interesting, actually, when we first met, um, Stephen had just 
uh, qualified top SEMA. I was going to pick up his certificate in London, and so I got to go along with him. And so I felt very honoured. <laughs> uh, the hilarious thing was, um, can I tell the story? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, was uh, I was there by myself, uh, waiting for Stephen to collect his. Uh, little did I know, he was the very last person to collect his certificate, and everyone had been shaking hands very nicely with the the president of SEMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, having the photo, shaking the hand, and off they went. And of course, Stephen was the last one, so it's a big round of applause because it's like finally the last one because there's quite a few people picking up the certificates and um, so Stephen's decided to milk it a little bit <laughs> shake the hand but then hug the president of SEMA and um, I never uh, got that photo uh, it would have been a great photo a great moment yeah. but um, yeah it was a yeah, funny moment shall we say but hey celebrate those wins <laughs> it was a long long few years of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of studying wasn't it so um, but yeah anything you think you've taken from that or anything you can share with people who maybe aren't so finance minded um, around kind of running a business or tools we leverage to help finance maybe uh, make the finance part of our business a bit easier that other people could use yeah sure um, so I mean yeah I mean being a qualified accountant and doing it for so many years it, it made it easy for for running the business finance um, for us um, I was gonna say I'm not sure you can always leverage marrying uh, an accountant by the way that's just what I did <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean uh, a, a few tips uh, um, would be to get get a get a bookkeeper, whether part time, uh, full time, depending on how many businesses you've got. Um, but generally, you'd need a part time one to begin with, um, because they they can run it all and, and give you the monthly reports that you need. Um, use an online cloud based software that everyone's using nowadays. Um, but Zero is a very good one. You can use your uh, mobile phone to to take the photos of receipts etc so I, I really recommend zero actually I've, I've done that a few times because I'm not so tech minded so if I can use it I always say anyone can um, so I love the fact that I don't have or and you probably love the fact that I don't have receipts piling up yeah, in my yeah. purse anymore <laughs> take the photo yeah bye bye with the receipt um, so yeah I'd, I'd suggest getting onto that software very very quickly um, and speak to your accountant so make sure you've got an accountant that you're going to use um, and then run any decisions by them. Mm -hmm. Just it's it's always worth a five minute conversation with your accountant to make mm -hmm. sure that what your next project you're doing or or change of structure of your companies is what they would advise you do. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't go off on a tangent, set up several um, LLPs, and then realize you should have just done like a group account or something. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, find an account and make sure that you, you speak to them before you do it because leverage their knowledge. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm a fully qualified accountant, but keeping up to date with all of the tax rules and regulations is is a full-time job in itself and, and that bores the hell out of me. So <laughs> I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely leverage the uh, expertise of the accountants for that. Yeah. So a question that comes up a lot um, and because we have uh, a fairly, well, we're growing our virtual finance team um, yes, comes yeah. up is about how you um, deal with finances, maybe kind of bank details, logins, that sort of stuff when it's of financial nature with team members that are not just even virtual but and based in this country but virtual and, and based in another country. Any tips around that? Yeah, um, so I'm, it's trust-based so don't mm. give them everything straight away. Um, clearly, I mean it's no different to staff here. Mm. Um, just because they're based in a different office doesn't mean that 
that you, that you should be trusting them any less. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, build trust as you go. Um, you use LastPass to share passwords. Um, most business bank accounts, um, you can set up users from, from wherever. Um, obviously, it take, might take a bit of time to yeah. get the paperwork shipped <laughs> over from Philippines, um, especially if your business bank loses it twice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, no one's fault apart from the bank. <laughs> yeah, so that okay. is fun. Um, but that also kind of, I, I suppose, just to jump in there, is like be prepared, like get ready for it sort of thing. Don't like all of a sudden be like, oh, you know, you're... 10, yeah. feet, 10 feet under in receipts and yeah. invoices and all that sort of thing and then go oh I suddenly need the VA to do it tomorrow exactly like, yeah no, I'm, I'm going on holiday next week I best get the VA on, on, yeah. on online banking and then yeah. a month down the line it's still not on yeah so, so <laughs> start that process early start that process early and look I 100% leverage out the finance part of the businesses to you because just that's your forte that's your skill and obviously then you're leveraging the virtual team as well um is there any way you've mentioned that obviously we've got a finance agency um with the yeah the VAs do you want to just just talk about that a little bit um Ge- like- yeah I mean generally it's come about because of the the, the growth and expansion of ideal collective mm-hmm. um so the number of businesses we've got now uh, required more staff um in the finance department so we've so we've got a virtual team mm-hmm. um, a credit controller bookkeeper finance manager and an assistant finance director now. Um, okay. So what that's allowed us to do is now we've got like three levels of check. Mm-hmm. So the bookkeeper and credit control um, are doing the initial um, the work. Finance manager is kind of checking that, and the assistant finance director is checking the work of the finance director. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like obviously it's not essential that you do that for your business, especially when you're starting off. Um, but you are by default that first check when mm. you've got one member of staff which which is fine to a point um, but, but like but if you're like just, anything like me like i i wouldn't necessarily like if there's someone better qualified to do that oh completely yeah if, if you're if that's definitely if it's not your forte or you don't enjoy doing it mm. um which sadly i do um <laughs> <laughs> i can I look at a spreadsheet sp- all day <laughs> <laughs> see spreadsheet king i told you um but yeah, if I mean, if it's not your forte and it's something, not something you do, then then you should get someone else to do that. Cool. Um, so we've got that whole team. So now that they've them, ch- like chasing the invoices for payment, um, mm. all the way up to producing the the financial reports and reporting on KPIs. Yeah. Um, and like with the assistant finance director, they're making suggestions and and um, recommendations. So, I mean, that's perfect for our businesses by expanding our team from one to four has given some room for us to take on other clients to be able to manage their their finance um which is which is very good so we're um at the moment talking to a few people about that Mm. um and obviously if any of your listeners are interested in that feel free to contact me um have your finances um business finances outsourced to our yeah team um i was gonna say I'll, I'll put some details in the show notes about how you can get hold of steven as well is there any particular place that you'd want people to i suppose email i guess yeah yeah do you want to share your email address um okay <laughs> um steve uh s-t-e-v-e at ideal-collective.com okay. perfect and yeah for me like when you mentioned about us doing this i was like oh my goodness if Stephen wasn't in my team if this wasn't 
part of Ideal Collective that I'm a director of, I would so be going for this as just a bolt-on to grain the business, knowing that I was doing all the right reporting, all oh, the right complete, KPIs, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff that I'm just not good at. So um, I think this is actually an incredible I mean, service. Yeah. I have to give full credit to Stephen, by the way, um, for this. And obviously, he's the one kind of overseeing it all. But yeah, I mean, even if you, I'm, I'm good at it, and even if you are good at it and enjoy it, it's worth getting off your plate um, so yeah. you can focus on making more money for your business generally um, and using the 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 skills of an outsourced finance team to get the reports you need to make your business decisions to, to move your business forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. No, that's awesome. Um, so for recording purposes, uh, we're going to do a part one, part two, as we both have uh, appointments to go to now. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to carry this on this conversation in just a moment, recording purposes. But um, yeah. Perfect. Thanks so far. So yeah, welcome back. Um, we're doing essentially part two now. You can see we've actually come to a new location. So we were actually recording in the Tesla before, but we're now in the meeting room of our new offices. We've been in here now, how many months? Uh, three months, third month, I think. Third month, okay. So you might hear a bit of traffic noise out the window. Um, but yeah, I actually might lead me quite nicely into a question about it. So. We had always worked from home and had some home office set up. And I suppose I always thought that we wouldn't necessarily go down the route of having our own offices and a meeting room, uh, maybe because a lot of our staff were virtually based. And even if they were physically based here in the UK, they were working again kind of on the road and also from their home and from coffee yep. shops and things like that. You know, it's something I kind of advocate uh, in terms of, you know, if you're building a business and you want to get out and about and not just be stuck in your kitchen or living room, you know, go find a nice coffee shop with some free Wi-Fi. Um, but what's kind of led us to this point, I suppose, from your point of view? Mainly it's growth, I think. Um, we were fine when it was just a property manager that we've got um, because he was out and about and um, a bit entrepreneurial in himself. So he was happy to be uh, self-motivated and just get on get on with his job from wherever he was. Mm. Um, now, since we've grown and we brought in the uh, Max uh, for Book My Stay, um, Max is one of the people that works better in an office, so he doesn't want to work at home. Um, so it kind of depends on your staff and your team mm. as well as where you want to get to. Um, but by having the by now having two team members physical, and we've growing into getting the and a marketing apprentice, mm -hmm. a property assistant, so that's going to be four in the office, um, including Ashley, who's going to come into the office because then they all bounce off each other, they all self-motivate. Um, you've got the whiteboard in the in the in the office; they all know what they're aiming for. So yeah, I mean that's how it's led us here, um, to, mainly to get the most out of the, the people. Mm -hmm. And I suppose it's actually as we've grown as businesses as well that we haven't just got one stream of income for one um within the idle collective like you said there's lots of different parts to it um, the furniture business the sa management business uh the education part the agencies all of that um that although yes we have got virtually based staff that there has just essentially become a need for it and i like the fact that actually it was if you are hiring physical staff as well whether you have already or that's in the future for you is actually thinking about how the staff like to work yeah um, because i think 
when I was working at Essex County Council, it started to be put onto us that we were going to have this kind of virtual uh, based working or hot desking, but no one got asked if they wanted to do that. It was just like put upon us, but actually you've kind of said to the staff how, you know, how do you yeah, work? Yeah, and- it's definitely worth to find out from them how they best work mm-hmm. because some people might prefer the freedom to work at home mm-hmm. and that's a main benefit of the role, whereas some people actually want an office environment want to be able to talk to people on a daily basis and that's where they work best mm. so yep find out from your staff yeah okay well, that's a good tip in itself um one of the things i asked inside the leverage lifestyle community was questions for uh, steve so i've actually picked up his phone because my phone's recording um and let me just go into a couple of these questions so i think they will be useful for all the listeners so thank you uh first of all to arabella so Arabella's wider question was all about building the foundations to business, ensuring you've got all of that covered before you then maybe go to outsource and leverage. Um, So is there anything you want to say about kind of the foundations of a business or what kind of areas people should be working on or looking at? Yeah, I mean, the foundations of the business, uh, I mean, the the hot one and the main priority is sales, isn't it? Um, As soon as you get sales going, then then you should be working on everything else, um, even if it's just one sale. Mm-hmm. So to get that in, that is a, a, the foundation. But then kind of, um, it's a bit four-hour work week kind of uh, philosophy. Um, know what you want the business to look like. So, I mean, the foundations of the business is you want a cash flow um, forecast. You want your business forecast. You want to know what your selling and your unique selling points of that so basically why people should be coming to you um that's the foundation of your business from that um feeding like two areas of business is marketing and sales um so that's how to get bring in the money um then you've got the operations of how you're actually delivering the service or the product to the customer um and then any ongoing customer service and support um, and then you've got your kind of finance element to it and then and the the rest of the admin of the business. Um, generally, that is all on you to begin with, um, <laughs> unless you can partner with people. Um, one of the, the main reasons we partnered and created Ideal Collective was I'm very operations um, and systems and kind of just get things done so I I can create great things but I'm not very good at marketing or selling it Um, hence probably why it took so long for me to get onto this podcast (laughs) (laughs) Um, so working with I mean Catherine's great on stage I'm back office good partnership working with um, Chris and Steve um, they're very good at marketing and sales as well Uh, you know it's just it's making sure that you're Partnering with the right people, that can be a foundation of business depending on where you want to take it to. Mm. Um, and then kind of getting out there, getting it done and then getting all your ducks in a row. Yeah. And I think just to be clear for people, like if you maybe you don't want to partner with someone, maybe you haven't got a potential business partner out there, like maybe look to be mentored or work with people who have got those skills that you want to learn or bring into your business. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and another reason... Uh, for essentially having that kind of mastermind day with the the members of the Ideal Collective and maybe actually show you where you do need that extra help or, you know... 
Yeah, I mean, if you're just starting out, it's always good to hear from people that mm. are already doing it, already been there, so you can you can shortcut shortcut to yeah. to some success in the business rather than repeating everybody else's mistakes. Find out from them what they were and get it and miss out on it. Yeah. Um, so this is like the noisiest street we're on right now. So <laughs> sorry, yeah, it's, I think it was a Harley must have gone past. Um, Arabella actually came in with a second question as well. Uh, we'll let her have it, uh, especially since your area of expertise. Uh, she's been asking about accounting uh, and accounting for tax. So obviously tax covers a number of areas. Um, but I suppose, yeah, making sure you're accounting for it, she just feels a bit of like a bandy in the headlights with it. So anything you can suggest, obviously we've talked about making sure you're keeping in touch with your accountants. Yeah. Um, talked a bit about the finance agency, of course, but any, again, tips that um, you've implemented? So, yeah, some, some tips um, on taxes, which is very broad. <laughs> so, yeah, number one, speak to your accountant to know what actual taxes you are liable for. Um, so you can start building into your cash flow forecast, for example. So start siphoning off 20% to, to cover that. Um, know how big you want to grow your business to, to know when you're going to be VAT registered if applicable. Um, so then you can start to stage price increases to kind of counter mm. any VAT increase to your prices so then it's staged. Do you want to share how we did that in the essays? So originally, yeah, for our essays, when we become VAT registered, um, although we've changed schemes now, so we're now doing tour operator margin scheme. Um, but Another thing to potentially consider if you're in the SA business yes yeah um, but originally yeah we just we hiked prices by 10% then uh, three months later we hiked it by 10% again which covered the 20% uh, VAT that was going to have to go back to the VAT man obviously you get to claim back VAT that you're paying out but you don't want to just hit customers with a 20% pay, um, pay increase straight away yeah I think one of the key things kind of we learn I suppose like sometimes you might just do these things because it, it just feels maybe natural but equally uh, we've been taught that a 10% increase in your prices is not going to hurt your customers it's probably not going to um, massively change who comes and does custom with you um, or price you out of the market or anything like that 10% is fine and most customers will react fine to that and so that's why we did it in that kind of staged way as well. I think we did it probably at the beginning of the year, so it was like a change of year increase. And then we kind of did it around that April time when a lot of people are expecting price increases anyway. So think about that as well. Like, does the time of year, and obviously it, we were lucky in that sense that it was the right timing for us. Yes, yeah. But equally, could you build that in? Could it be like six months in? Could it be a year in? Depending on how quickly you're growing, of course, um, and your growth kind of curve. And, yeah, exactly. And um, but yeah, just, I just wanted to give a real life example of how we did it. So, um, any other? So, I mean, the, the main tips are just uh, making sure that you budget for taxes yeah. and then speak to your accountant to make sure that you're being as tax efficient as possible. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the reasons we changed accountants along the way is just yeah. make sure we were being. So, that's another thing as well. If you can get recommendations for good accountants, always a good idea. Um, Happy to recommend feel free to yeah yeah feel free to contact me if you want a local Essex recommendation. Excellent. 
Um, so Natalie, another question from the Leverage Lifestyle community. Remember, the link is in the show notes if you want to come and join. It's absolutely free to come and do so. She is, I know Natalie's actually hired a virtual assistant through our Viva Club, our VA hiring portal. So she's looking at now like managing people who are, I suppose, virtually and remotely based and wanting to make sure she's doing it uh, as effectively as possible. Any, again, additional tips um, or how we do it to manage our staff remotely to make sure they're they're doing what you're expecting them to be doing. Yep. Okay. Um, So, yeah, quite a few things (laughs) on how to do it. So it depends on how... Um, controlling you may want to be I mean we've not gone down the route of screen recording um, shifts but there's a lot of softwares out there that you can do that with like harvest time tracker I think time proof and that I've, I've put a couple in so it's one of the first six episodes actually I uh, one of the first 10 episodes for sure there's a whole bit around yep. um, managing trust or building trust through technology or using technologies um, so I'll put the link in the show notes as well yep um, so, I mean, most of these are going to be technology-related mm-hmm. um, to manage virtual staff. Um, then you've got task management software um, like Asana that we've used um, consistently, but now we're we're potentially moving everything across to process plan, um, which is process flow software for your business that um, is just a bit smarter than just Asana. Um, so Asana will kind of give your team all the tasks they need to do and you can set um, due dates and, and everything. But then if they start getting behind, then it's just a long list, a to-do list. It's a glorified to-do list. So it needs to be managed. Um, whereas process plan is, once this task is done, it triggers the next task for whoever it is. Um, so it's good to manage multiple people in a team, which is why we're... we're moving across to it but at the same time you can allocate the task to a group of people so we've got three VAs in customer service Um, so as a task gets triggered it might just go send it to the customer service team and then the notification will appear on all three of their screens for them to accept it so whoever's on shift will go okay yep I'll I'll do that Um, so then it goes into there uh, to-do list basically and then if I mean it's, it's very clever because then if, if nothing's done on it and you've marked it as high priority then it will go from out, out there to-do list and back on to all of the customer service for someone else to claim again um, to say that because it was urgent it needs to be done yeah. um, so it's it's very good automation um, and triggers software um, when, when Steve first found out about this, like this is how geeky he is about um, <laughs> technology and software, especially anything that can help with like operations and um, efficiency and all that. Like the, he had the biggest smile on his face and was waxing lyrical about it to yeah. me. Um, so as I say, we're still in the kind of the testing phase of it, would you say? Yeah, like, I mean, still being built because all out. of our um, like SA businesses are all um, process documents and uh, various. And now I'm, I'm moving the whole lot across to process plan. Yeah. Um, which does give the advantage if, if someone wants that, that I can just copy and paste it to um, someone else's account. Yeah. Um, obviously for a fee. <laughs> um. That's a lot of hours that has gone into that and that's going to um, save people a lot of time and money. So yeah, yeah. yeah it would definitely be worth it. Like, but of course, but that the main, would be the main reason was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is, is it just ma- the amount of team we've got um, 
it manages things in a process flow. Um, yeah. So that's gone slightly off track of the question. That's okay. So I think like kind of what you said that though is like Asana works really well when it's a smaller team, maybe one member. If you're maybe not wanting to go down the route of like a, a time tracking software or um, capturing a screen and kind of looking through that, which is say I've kind of done in an episode before and we've not gone down the route of because we've kind of built trust over time. Um, but the technology's there. And like I said, in a whole podcast episode previously, if you want to go into that, yep. if you want to track their tasks, then obviously you've got things like Asana. If you're building your team, we're now going through the kind of process plan. Uh, to, to begin with, um, end of day reports, then move to end of week reports, um, and then get them to manage their and report on their KPIs, which, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's cool. Stephen making lots of noises because he forgets we're recording this on audio. <laughs> uh, having to chat. <laughs> having a chat with his wife about business. Great. Um, yeah, I think that's helpful. And I suppose the other thing is like, okay, if they're not doing what you expected them or the end of day reports don't seem to be including as much as you maybe expect or I suppose there's a few lessons we've learned along the way before you might get to the point of saying actually maybe they're not the right person for your business so one of the things um i heard a good gary v quote on this okay cool. yeah um so why you should fire quickly um obviously you need to hire for your business but you should also if you know fire um fire sometimes people. go with your gut as well for yeah. sure yeah but the reason why is hiring is guessing and firing is knowing Oh, okay. Because, yeah, so oh. you should act on what, whether you know. That quote will probably make the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Gary Vee said that in his one of his podcasts. Okay, so it's interesting. I suppose the other thing we've noticed with some of the VAs we've worked with and maybe aren't working with now is, one, we might have overwhelmed them at the beginning because maybe we didn't have things like process plan in place and all of that. So I think you've actually mentioned it as a, it's one of your quotes, um, is hiring into chaos only creates more chaos. Yep. So maybe you've got to look at what you're doing from a business point of view when you're handing over tasks to a virtual assistant and making sure, one, you're not completely overwhelming them because you're expecting them to pick up stuff that they've never been trained in or you've given them no guidance on or your instructions were very um, loose and a bit fancy-free and all of that, which we've probably done in the past. Oh, completely. I mean, yeah, um... I mean, the great thing about anyone that's listening now that um, is just thinking about starting to hire a virtual team is they can start implementing some of the stuff that, that we, I wish we did originally is yeah. that because you're doing the jobs right now, screen record yourself doing it, um, then you've got one, a process document that they can work from, two, a training video that they can work from, three, you know how long it exactly takes, mm -hmm. so then you know that you're not overwhelming them with 400 hours of work a week and you're, you've actually been sensible and they've got the required information to do everything they need to do. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. The, the other thing as well, um, as part of the, the hiring process we go through is actually checking their upload and download speeds as well, don't we? Um, and yeah. So one of the key things we didn't realise you know, straight away is like the time to download videos or so it can, kind of so, keeping yeah, them smaller yeah. as well. So not having one big long training video or things like that that are actually broken up into smaller parts is a good idea. Um, something else? 
So just specifically on download and upload. Yeah. So, I mean, with videos, you can give them a link to Dropbox so yeah. that they can access it quicker without having to download it. Yeah, so it's like streaming as but, well. Yeah. But knowing there is limitations, um, when, like, recently we've moved um, channel manager software mm. and then was asking the team to come and upload upload, upload all of the pictures of the apartments and I was wondering why it was taking so long and because of the upload speed it was just wiping out everything that they could do because their, their computer was just whirring away at uploading these photos yeah whereas if I if I knew that straight away I would have gone okay stop that some someone here and will dedicate 10 yeah. minutes and do that rather like, than yeah. you, you wasting your whole shift uploading photos so yeah like the the just the Which, higher speed kind of network that we have here in the UK obviously just will yeah compete so which which kind of brings into another tip on how to um, manage mm -hmm. your VA team remotely and it is communication mm. um, uh, which we use Slack which is very good for yeah. communi communication yeah cool perfect I think that's probably helped out Natalie and I think again she had like Arabella a second question as well so we'll allow it uh, <laughs> hope you're listening Natalie so we have obviously just come together as the ideal collective fairly recently this year and so we're going through more kpi settings and obviously new team members coming in so she wants to know around setting kpis and tracking them is there some best practice or again some examples of how we could do this because that's an area she's struggling with yep okay um i can answer that great <laughs> So a key thing to begin with is making sure all of your team, uh, no matter how big or small, know exactly what your plan is with the business, where you want it to get to, uh, what sales targets you've got, what customer service you want to provide, etc. So that they've got a clear image of what they're part of yeah. and can get on board with that. And then... I mean, if you're going for a big change um, or just hiring people, um, I, I mean, if you're just hiring a person straight off, you need to be telling them what their KPIs are. But then like when you're a little bit further down the line, you can get them involved in the process and ask them, which we've recently done with our team, what do you think your top five KPIs are for your role in the business? Mm -hmm. What are your targets for those? And then what are stretch targets for those? Mm -hmm. Then it gets them involved in the process, gets them bought in. Um, they've had some input in deciding what their KPIs are, especially if, like with our contracts with people, if they achieve all their KPIs in a month, then there's a then there's a little bonus. Um, so then if they achieve all their stretch targets in a month, then there'll be a slightly higher bonus. So they can see um, not only the benefits to the company of them achieving the KPIs, but them personally as well. Yeah. So that's I mean that's a good way of setting them up. And as part of that, you be you want to ask them how they are going to report to you on the KPIs because they should be tracking it because I mean it's their KPI. So ideally they should just be reporting to you all of the KPIs um each month for you to review. Um ask ask your team what um how what improvements could be implemented to make things smoother in 
in any part of the business, but like as we're talking KPIs now, especially in regards to KPIs. So it could be using Zapier to link in software to make financial reporting quicker. Um, and therefore your reports are generated quicker. So you've, you've, they, they've ticked their box of creating um, accurate reports by the seventh of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're getting your, your KPIs quicker. So it, it's, it's involving them in the process, asking them for improvements, making sure you're listening to what they're asking, mm-hmm. um, and, and putting it into place. Um, generally that's it Hmm. I mean there's a lot of other software out there to start manage like I mean KPIs for a business are quite broad Hmm. Um, so what I'd also do is come up with your own business KPIs Hmm. Um, so not specific to people but business KPIs and then you can start going allocating them to whoever the team member is so they might not think it's their top five but it still might fall on them and as their responsibility. So you'd, you'd pass that to them and, and tell them why and, yeah. and get them um, involved in that. Yeah. But if you've got all of the business KPIs that you need, then make sure someone's responsible for each one of those um, and then make sure that you've got your own KPIs in the business, yeah. which might just be holidaying a lot or, or very involved. It depends on <laughs> what your plan is with the business. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good. I think um, I just want to be clear as well, KPIs, key performance indicators. So essentially, it's quite a lot of data, usually driven percentages or numbers driven. It should be kind yeah. of um, metrics that you can measure over time. And and most of them you might want to, well, it depends what they are. Obviously, if we're looking at the SA business, we're looking to have zero complaints. So we're looking for numbers to go down or be zero. But for other numbers like income and revenue, we might be looking for numbers to go up. So again, it's just, you know. um, And when we talk about stretch targets as well with the team, um, I try to explain it to them in the sense that, you know, what to you would be like incredible if you achieved it. And maybe you're not thinking right now that you could. Like for me, that is the kind of definition of having a stretch target. So not something that's out of the realms of possibility, but would make them feel really good if they achieved it. Um, And of course, like Stephen said, like having bonuses especially income bonuses linked to those because of course if they're meeting their kpis more revenue and profits coming into the business hopefully that's uh, the plan and therefore you can reward them with additional income or bonuses uh, and again it's talking to your team about you know is income their number one priority sometimes it might be an extra day off or things like that as, as well so just think about how you can reward them yeah um is, is a good one um, an important thing about kpis um, is that they can be pointless if you don't look at them and act on them. Yeah. They need you to read them, understand them, and make business decisions on them. Otherwise, it's just a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. So I just want to quickly go back to, you know, we've talked about how the Ideal Collective has kind of now come together. We've grown, we've got these additional businesses. Um, Again, I don't think it's something we would have done from day one and I don't think it would have been the right thing to do from day one. But actually, I think it's actually a good example of leveraging your existing businesses and then growing kind of arms of the businesses out from there. So I want to talk a little bit about that, if possible. Um, So our kind of core business or what was at the start of it was around the service accommodation business and the property business. And then moving more into management and making sure because we had all the systems and operations to be able to grow. But then came out of that furniture business. And then I suppose I don't want to cover it all because I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 
identifying what you're good at, mm-hmm. see, and then seeing if there's a need for it, and mm-hmm. seeing if people need that. Um, that's generally where it's come from. So, so of course, we're, if we're managing people's new rent to rent or owned SAs that they're going to need to furnish anyway, well then, well, yeah, I mean, it's like we've been running SAs for four years. So we have a lot of agents just come to us mm. with deals mm. because we've been going at it for so long. We're known in the area for running good SA. We've been, um, so yeah, so we, so we get people bringing it to us. Yeah. Therefore, we're, we've, we've got a number of deals. We know how to manage it. And we know that there is a demand for deals and people to manage it. So therefore, package and and manage um, as part of taking on a huge amount of essays at once um, we needed to do the kind of upfront time investment to find um, the right suppliers for the furniture to wind down the the, the cost as much as possible mm. um, find a good furniture delivery team um, handymen to create to, to just do our own yeah but then after doing all of that work and again using our experience of running essays for x amount of years we could turn it around in the day that so there's no last minute runarounds for a dishwasher sponges or um some yeah, toiletries so got, like the consumables all of that part yes yeah. a lot so of the furniture packs that we weren't getting were literally furniture weren't they they weren't consumables they weren't like ornaments or pictures or just the dressing part as well of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's where the, the Ideal Furniture Solutions was born because we knew exactly what it takes to get uh, an SA up and running. Yeah. And that includes having every bit of, including we, we do welcome baskets and a coffee machine, so to give for the things that stand out to guests, not just here's your furniture, crack on. It's yeah. here it's all is... It's all set up in your uh, in your apartment or house. Here's a professional photographer to, to kind of bolt on. So you've got your advertising and marketing photos. Yeah. Feel free to get a guest in tonight. Yeah. That's because we needed it for ourselves. Yeah. All of the time invested to find the right suppliers. Yeah. Means that we can we've we've got and negotiate all of, and get that kind of yeah. And means we've just yeah. got that ready to, um, and and we're servicing a lot of other people with that service and we're getting good feedback on. Yeah. So I suppose a lot of people think about like business ideas because again, I, I suppose some people might be listening to the podcast and or might be watching uh, the recording this now um, and be thinking, you know, maybe you've got some business ideas or you've heard about some business ideas or you're growing yours or you're thinking about expanding. So there's a couple of things out of that. One was kind of scratching your own itch, which I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about a lot. Like if something scratches your own itch, then it's likely it's going to solve a problem for other people. Uh, Richard Branson even talks about, you know, finding a problem, solving it, and, you know, it might be your own problem, and then solving it to the masses. Um, The other thing is leveraging those businesses and the customers and clients that you're already liaising with and working with. And and then finally, it's like, you know, what are people demanding already from you? Like, what have people already told you they want? And then you go deliver it for them. So we've kind of combined all of those, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think... It's a great way to grow, um, and it's also a great way to think about what business model you should set up. Like, um, obviously, it completely depends on what you want to do. Yeah, with it, because if 
when we started off in serviced accommodation, um, if there were local SA managers in the area, then we may have thought differently and mm. thought, oh, actually, we can just give it to here and get rid of the headache of managing it. Um, but at the time, there weren't any. Yeah. We actually quite liked the idea of building a business around it. Yeah. And that's where we've got to today. So we didn't need to leverage out a management service. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't grow and add on things just for the, for the sake of it. Yeah. Make sure that you, you are willing to take that business and run with it and put the effort in to get the team behind it and yeah. make it work. Or can you go and leverage someone else who's doing all that bit already? And for me, like that's another key message that I want to get across in this podcast in Leverage Lifestyle is that it isn't the same for everyone. You know, we have investors leveraging our skills and knowledge and leveraging their money. We have and our time, and they're leveraging our experience. Um, we have team members that we are leveraging and partners that have already got businesses like through the contractors and the cleaners that we're leveraging. We've got our knowledge and experience in SA that's led us onto these other needs that we had within our business that have leveraged us to create new businesses. So there's lots of different ways leverage can work for you, whether that's for your time, for your knowledge, for your money. And there's lots of different ways to use that. I think completely that, yeah yeah that's what i'm always trying to get across in this podcast so that's why it's sometimes really hard to explain what leverage lifestyle what this podcast what it kind of means to me because what it means to me what it means to you but what it means to you as a listener will be different completely and i mean even and and if you're having a leveraged lifestyle and your vision is like sitting on the beach and managing a team what's going to happen with that spare time is you're going to come up with new business ideas, <laughs> um, which we've had our fair, fair share of over the years. But by having uh, mentors to bounce these off of or a community of people to ask um, about these, it means we could shut down a lot of those business ideas before they yeah. cost us time and effort and money. Yeah. So it's not... It's not all about building businesses. It's also closing down ones that just aren't going to work. And like you say, by we could have brought in a cleaning team and have a cleaning business. Not something we wanted to do after discussion with people. So we continue to leverage it out to professionals who have been running the business. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. So um, I kind of want to just bring us back around to the fact that, you know, if building a service accommodation business is for you, if that's something you want to leverage our time, our experience, um, and essentially kind of any mistakes we've made, but also all the teams and the, uh, the systems, the operations that we've built up over these last four, nearly five years, or the virtual assistants that we've worked with, um, all of that, um, you know, as I mentioned, we have got the Ideal Collective uh, Complete Guide to Essays. Um, if you want to go and make sure you get your Leverage Lifestyle discount on that, uh, the link for you again is bit.ly forward slash Ideal Essay Guide. And it's a capital I, capital S-A and capital G. So ideal essay guide. It'll be in the show notes. And um, yeah, that's now available to the public. Um, we've had some fantastic feedback um, from those who have been setting up their essay business and found the guide invaluable um, because I keep calling it a guide, but I think it's way more than that. Like, yeah, it's, um, it's, feedback is like it's basically a couple of day course into a, into a guide. Well, there we go. Okay. So, and not for that price at all, whatever. It's a, actually probably... 
I think personally, we're actually selling it too cheaply. And you're also going to get a discount with Leverage Lifestyle. So do go and check out that link if that is something you're interested in. Or if you know someone else, go pass that on. Yep. Um, but I want to finish with some quick fire questions like I do for all my guests because you're going to be no different. Even though you're Good. Say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is the best piece of advice you have been given or maybe that you want to pass on? Um, just crack on and do it. Generally, <laughs> don't it, the time wasted in deliberating um, and wondering and regretting you didn't get into it earlier. Uh, blah blah. It's just it's not worth it. Just just get on and do it and get on, get on with it and give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, or talk to people about it. Yeah, bounce off a few people. Yeah, and probably the right people. Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. Not because, not your neighbour next door who hates capitalism or <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly yeah. so yeah speak to the right people about it yeah but then just crack on and get get it done yeah worst piece of advice stay in a job <laughs> yeah effectively i mean i uh, because doing accountancy i mean i could have just spent all my years working my way up to finance director mm-hmm. because that's what it, it sounded good mm-hmm. and that's generally what the people around me um were working towards in their specific um, careers or, or whatever but yeah that was the the done thing yeah um so it's it's like that's not it was it definitely wouldn't work for me if you enjoy your job yeah then you can ignore my advice but you, <laughs> yeah well this is it and, and, and another key thing of leverage lifestyle is also like if you're working in a job that you absolutely love but maybe you're not leveraging other parts of your lifestyle that you don't like so for example the cleaning gardening something like that like i don't then that's how you can use these this information. Um, but yeah, I think mean, obviously many of you know my kind of background that I didn't like my job and jobs as well. And so that actually for me it was about building a business. But actually, I I'd had that idea in me and that want and need for a long, long time. Whereas I don't necessarily see that you had that initially. Did I? I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but did I kind of give you that kind of did I open the door a little bit to that for you? Or do you think you did have that in you that you wanted to have these businesses? You just didn't know how no, or not where? Really. Or I, I, um, I thought it was quick fire questions. Right? Sorry, I know. It, just, it, it led me down this way. So. Um, no, it never crossed my mind to create a business on my own. Mm-hmm. So... That, that was it. So you, so you, you got me into that. So okay, congratulations. That's what, that's, what that's what I was waiting for. Um, <laughs> but like, I... I think it's interesting. So I would potentially call myself, well, I, people have called me it, so I think I'm legitimately able to call myself it, an entrepreneur because I've had that need, that drive, that want for a very long time to be my own boss, to create businesses and all of that. I think one of the things for you, you're, I would definitely call a business owner. And I think maybe I've brought out in you an entrepreneurial streak. I don't know. Like Yeah, that, completely. Yeah? Yep. Um You've brought that out and the courses that we've gone on to, to see actually what is possible and available and it that I didn't know beforehand. So it's kind of like you just didn't know what you didn't know? Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's, thanks. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> see, that's why I wanted to carry on. Okay, quick fire. Um, oh, this is going to be a good one. So I ask a lot of the guests what they want to be known for, like what's their legacy? What, what do you want to be known for? Yeah, I'm still working on that, I think. Okay. Um, 
it, it kind of changes because originally it was like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to be vegan ultra marathon runner uh, and be known for that. And then kids come along and, and business growth comes along and I'm like, okay, I just need to spend a bit of time on these things rather than that. So then that one's put to the side. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it, it, like it's the it's the time like I said it earlier the when you've got businesses and you've got team around you it gives you free time to come up with new ideas <laughs> um so it's whether I actually do want to build my personal brand if I ever um can be bothered to log on to social media and post <laughs> <laughs> um one reason we're hiring a uh, apprentice marketing yes person. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so then then sometimes that crosses my mind mm. um so kind of bigger picture thing, like obviously we, I've talked about it a lot. I know it's something that's really important to me is the kind of the health of the planet, like how we're treating it, like that we want to ensure there's something here for our children and our children's children. Do you think it's more around? Like, so I, want, I want to do all of that, but I still don't know. Like when people say about a legacy, it's always like one thing. Mm. It's like, like, oh yeah, I remember him. He did this, 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 this. Because then, when you do that many things, it's not. Yeah. It's not a huge thing for people to remember you on. Yeah. But then I don't know whether I might be quite happy to do that. Yeah. Just have smaller impacts on lots of things. Okay. So essentially, it's a work in progress. Generally, yeah. Quick fire, work in progress. Work in progress. Okay, and the one I have to ask or guess, of course, is what does a leveraged lifestyle mean to you? It means to me being free to work when you want, where you want, and how often you want. Okay. Like like last year, that meant four hours a week on the property business because all I was doing was checking in with property manager to make sure everything was taken along nicely um so therefore I, I could do that from home on the phone or i could go and meet him for coffee mm-hmm. um i could do that when i wanted where i wanted and how often I, I needed to yeah um fast forward to this year i want to build all these businesses i want to build the bigger team we're just we've yeah we're serving a lot more people mm-hmm. with our services and then again it'll probably be a year's time i'll, I'll want to consolidate all that down into yeah four hours again and that's not really stopped our holidays because i've just worked out we've got holiday this month next month month after month after that because that's what life's about that's what life's about as well <laughs> like actually enjoy experiences and memories we're going to create obviously with our yeah, children exactly. that's important to us as well yeah so it's yeah. not like i'm 80 hours a week yeah um working at these because leverage lifestyle to me like i say is work when you want so I'm putting it, I'm putting the work in, but it might be late at night. Yeah. Um, meaning I might not finish the half one, but that means I get to spend the day with the kids or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think the key thing or the key message, again, I think I want to pull out of that for our listeners is that one year it's going to be different to another year. One month it might be different to another month. It might mean that you go through a, a period of consolidation and working on process and working on systems the next year it's about growth and about building your team out and about all of that and that's cool as long as the bits in between that you really want to do are still happening as well so yeah for us you know we do like creating experiences having memories with the kids like going to different countries and 
or even just, you know, going to MySpace in the UK um, and doing all of that. So um, I think we've got a balance there, would you yep, say? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, cool. Um, and finally, uh, as I share with all guests, uh, anywhere you would like particularly people to connect with you, follow you, message you, anywhere that we can find you. Um, I've already given out my email address. So, so that again is too the... late for taking that back. So. <laughs> yeah, all these. No, contact, contact me through there. That's that's the best way. Um, Just have to sift these out to the PA now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Steve at ideal-collective.com. Obviously, we've got ideal-collective.com for all our businesses and a bit of an overview if people want to go and check that out. Um, any socials, in particular? Um, you can you follow my Instagram <laughs> if you like. Follow the Instagram, okay. Stephen Turner Property, isn't it? Yeah. The Stephen Turner Property. Yeah. So Stephen with a PH. But yeah, okay. I'll put all the links in the show notes as usual. Um, but I think uh, well, <laughs> that just goes to show my uh, sales and marketing prowess. I bet some people are like really enough of their social media profiles. Are like, yep, yeah, follow me here, find me here, follow me here, find me here. But yeah. I'm like, do what you like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And obviously we've got the essay guide. Um, I'll put the link in there as well. The, I suppose the key thing, uh, I, I, I think one of the things I'd love to do actually, and again, listeners, um, let me know if this would be cool with you. Uh, Steve's obviously got a lot of financial knowledge as well. Obviously we're building up the finance agency. Obviously we can bring in people maybe who are using that agency and they can talk through their experience, but maybe some more finance based stuff. Cause I know again, that's not my area of expertise, so I would never want to necessarily talk about it that much, but I know it'd be something that would help the listeners a lot. Would you be up for doing some of that, maybe? <sighs> Twist me on, but Twist yeah. Okay. Excellent. He loves talking about spreadsheets. We'll get, we'll get him, we'll get him uh, yapping about that. And I, th- I think it's been quite fun. So we've actually decided, well, we'll put it out there. We'll put some public accountability out there. We're going to take the, uh, well, the H1Ns, the... Uh, the podcasting equipment away on holiday um, because we're just going to chat some business over maybe a few over a few bevies and see what comes of it and maybe if they make a podcast episode great and if they don't hey doesn't matter um so because we're going to chat about it anyway because we're going to chat about it anyway yeah there's actually i i do talk about this like i know it seems a lot of people wouldn't like this you know maybe if you're working in a job that you don't like or you know your work's quite stressful something like that and it's not to say building a business isn't stressful but actually we love building businesses now like i think yeah. I think we could say that, easily say that. So for us going to have dinner and talk about business and strategizing on the business, for us going away on holiday and talking business over a couple of beers once the kids are asleep, we love that. So I think the key thing here is a leverage lifestyle is about, like you said, doing what you want, where you want, kind of how you want, and but doing something that you can chat with your other half about or chat about with your kids and it lights you up and it gets you motivated. I yeah. think that's a key thing. Um, so yeah, I hope you found this different, good. It's been a bit more conversational. And um, if you want to get Stephen back on, let me know. Uh, <laughs> uh, let us know in the Leverage Lifestyle community. And um, as I say, do go and get your essay guide if that is a business opportunity that you really want to take forward uh, in this year. And um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us on Leverage Lifestyle. My pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. And uh, remember, uh, I believe there is no better time than now to start creating your leveraged lifestyle.